you go, you go get, first. Should we I'll... just get to it? Yeah, hell yeah. Just crack that whip. Give the face a slap. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're moving the bullshit train forward. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit. Kinda, I'm just jumping right into it. I, yeah. I don't have it in me for the mm-hmm. for the elaborate introductions since we had a 10-minute conversation about hip-hop again before we recorded. And then we decided, ah, fuck it. Let's go. We'll so, have to do an in-depth on hip-hop one day. Eh, probably not. I don't know enough about it. And I'm not that big of a hip-hop fan. Mm. I couldn't sit and listen to it for like six hours at a time. Mm. Yeah. I think after like an hour, I after one album, pretty much, I'll listen to one hip hop album and then I'm just I'm done. Well, I you know the that way was good. I enjoyed it, but I am all set. The way my uh, my shuffle is set up, sometimes I'll get like ten hip hop songs in a row, but because I listen to so many genres, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop. But like I'll listen to, I don't, I'll get a wild hair up my ass and I want to listen to Albanian hip hop for two weeks. You know, so it's all so, so different that I can listen to hip hop for two or three hours, but I can't listen to one album. Ah, see, after, after like the length of an album, I'll say, all right, that's, that's plenty for me. Thank you. But, uh, in, instead of doing movies, cause you know, people still aren't getting paid. Fuck the man. We, uh, decided to fuck the movies, but actually... Uh, you, anyone listening probably should, uh, continue your regular movie watching the yeah. same amount because if they start to lose subscribers, there goes the money. Fuck it. What do we care anyway? Now mm. we're losing money and nothing's going to ever, we're not going to have art anymore. Yeah. That'd be bad. So yeah, as much as it sucks to still kind of promote them, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to talk about their movies or anything, mm. but still watch, still watch movies. Yeah. Still- I mean, I, I, I still watch movies on my, uh. On my subscriber channels and whatnot. But uh, instead of talking movies, yeah. we're, ju- we're just bringing uh, some stuff that we like. Yeah. And uh, j- trying to do a, a, a general interest, positivity. W- what have we got to say about dumb shit topics? And Hell James, yeah. oh. have I brought a juicy, juicy apple for us today? Oh, do tell. <clears throat> How do you feel about video games? Um, I do enjoy me some video games. Haha. <laughs> So do I, kinda. Yeah, but I'm like I'm an old man, and um, I missed out on a lot of video games because I joined the Navy in '85. Where did all the cool consoles and shit come out? Around '85, '86, and then by '89 when I got out, you know, I wasn't about to buy it. I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do with this?" You know, because in my head it was still the little tanks and shit. <laughs> You know, I'm like, eh, I'm fucking Mario. I'm, yeah, I'm too old for this shit. And then, um, I think I got married what in about 2000 and I got, or 2000, yeah, 2001, I think. And I got a PS2. Ooh, that's a, that uh-huh. was a real, uh, real piece of hardware at the time. Well, take a look at the, I went from the Atari with the joystick and a red bat to a PS2. My mind was fucking blown. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, I could play Dungeons and Dragons as a fucking video game. And I had also discovered Diablo right at that same time. Mm-hmm. Because I had bought a used Diablo CD or DVD at, at a fucking Salvation Army. I go, what's this? And then 300 hours later, I'm like, I must eat. Yeah. And then I found out, so all the games that I've ever played were pretty much Dungeons and Dragons variants. 
but I do so love them, and I've spent many, many, many an hour on them. See, and that's one of the things that I'm not sure how I feel about video games. Because I, I play video games, but I can get through maybe an hour at a time before, like, okay, I am done with this. I have to put this down. But I still play them regularly. I mean, maybe not every day. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I can't play for extended periods of time, not only because I don't really have time to, but because I lose interest really, really quick. Mm. If I can't figure something out or if I'm getting lost or just overall doing poorly and not enjoying it, I have to put it down. I'm not one of the people that can just kind of go through that with one exception. Hmm. The Dark Souls games. Really? I love those fucking games. And here's why. Hmm. I, I didn't expect to start on Dark Souls, but yeah, fuck no, sorry, it. let's go. Um, Dark Souls, to me, people say it's incredibly difficult. You have to get rid of all like video game logic, and it's simply timing and reaction. Okay. If you figure out the little puzzle for each individual enemy, because there's never like 500 different enemies that do things. There's quite a few, but you start to learn their patterns. And then you figure out your timing. And that's how you get through that game. And I really, really, really enjoy... Kind of like Street Fighter? I, I don't... I'm not much of a fighting game person. But it's but. one of those things where it's, it's timing... And you have to know technique, and you have to know some button. You have to know some button combos and stuff. Yeah, and not even really combos, because it's a lot of. Uh, I, I push about three buttons, the entire time that I play. Maybe a few more, but it's very simple. If you can figure out this little puzzle for this thing, then you can figure out how to proceed. And it's not a lot of like logic puzzles. There's not, you know, find this key. I mean, there's some of that shit in there. But I love, and especially, like, it does require a little bit of uh, knowing when to be uh, aggressive and when to retreat. And mm -hmm. it will punish you harshly if you choose wrong. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that out of a game. Like, yeah, I fucked that up. I deserved it. Mm -hmm. I deserved it good. And it's, it's such a good goddamn game. Everything's responsive. The controls are great. But just... Hearing when everybody says, oh, I hate them. They are way too hard. Like, yeah, I'm bad at video game video games. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at them. I can't figure it out. But this, these individual little puzzles yeah. that I have to figure out with each enemy, I fucking love it so much. I can get it. I get it. I think that's why every game I've played is of, of a type because it follows a logic that I understand so that I, I have a tough time memorizing things. Yep. I have a very tough time memorizing things, but I can gain a muscle memory after a while. So if I, if as long as I don't play more than one type of game, I'm fine because my brain just does it or my body does it. And I don't think about it. I've internalized it. It's the only way I can do it with my ADHD. So I, um, I, yeah, I can't. Where I have to memorize combos and things. I can't really do that. No. But I know where the spells are. I know where the, how much mana I, I, I can, you know. That I can do, or I can set up my armor because that's static. That's always the same. Mm -hmm. And then I could switch out that armor. Oh, wow, these guys are, you know, throwing flames at me, so I should be ice. Go in my inventory, you know. And that's a logic in and of itself. It's, it's you know, inventory management. It's right game knowledge and lore knowledge. And that's fine for me. But just just the straight up, um, God, what, what game could I use? Like, um... What are those? Um, 
God damn it, Bioshock. Yeah, like first-person shooters? Yeah, I can't, no. I'm really not good at them. And I was kind of on a tear for a minute, because mm-hmm. since I quit drinking, I need something to just kind of get into or whatever, and figure whatever. I'm almost 40, might as well start getting into video games. And I'm having such a hard time cracking that nut that none of them, I don't like them. I can never figure out who's shooting me. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out where to go. I get lost. I can't do any of the platforming stuff, because... For some reason, I I miss every time. I'm just not good at it. Well, I I, I noticed that I can't do first person shooters. But if I have a game where you view your your avatar from above, yes, I'm fine. I'm great because then I can see. I can you know yes. Or if you can move the screen yourself as part of your thing, that's fine too. But if I have to, ro- yeah, no, fuck a bunch of all that. No, and like you were talking about uh, button combinations, the kids had got uh, one of the new Spider-Man games. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no way I was watching them play it. Like there's no way I could ever remember half of these moves, and we're not finished with the tutorial. Mm-hmm. There's so many different variations on if you push this and tap this, if you push this and hold this button instead of tap. Like, dude. I I can't do it. There's something about it that it just breaks my brain, and then I can't remember any of the moves when I start to get flustered, and it really bothers me. Well, it's like I I, I play a stupid game. I play you know Battle Cats. But yeah. There's a thousand different things you can do, and a million different cats, and you got to know if this one by battle. And I'm looking at that going, I would put this one on there, and it goes boom. And one of my kids who's nine and comes up. No, Dad, you got to do this, and you got to get this cat, and you got to get the. Oh, no, raise this one up to third level because that's only good against it. What level are you on? I'm like, ah. and I, I, I initially would ask myself, how the fuck do you know all this? But I'm thinking, what else does he have to do all goddamn day? Mm-hmm. But think about Battle Cats. He is actually making his own cards, not for Battle Cats, but he's in a game. He's making his own like Pokemon type cards with different weapons and shit, and he has stats for it and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I had that kind of time or that kind of focus on any goddamn thing. Uh-huh. So if you had to say, it, would you say that your pick for what you would say is like the most influential and the best games of all time would kind of match up? Because I don't. Mm. Because like the most influential, Mario, easy. Mm. I would Honestly? Pac-Man. For... Mm. Influential? Yeah. It's the one that set up, that made it so that arcades happened. What the fuck? What about Defender? Uh, Defender's good. Okay, Street Fighter? St- again, I never got real into fighting games past the first Mortal Kombat. Or, or what? There, there was one, I forgot it was... Um, Pitfall was fun. Well, yeah, but there's one called Desert Combat. It was the platform games. And that was, you know, and that predates Mario. Right, but I'm saying as far as, like, influential, as far as bringing video games, like, to the world, Mario. He's the, he's pretty much the face of video games. Yeah, I, I guess, generationally, yeah. Because I mean, when I think video games, video games, to me that means arcade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anything that would be at that arcade that was first ported to all of the, all of the uh, different systems... To me, that's influential. That made video games something that everybody could have and do. So if it weren't for those, you know, those games, those initial games, and you ask an older person, like, about, just mention Defender. 
and watch them do backflips and talk to you for about 10 years about how it it it, it paved the way for computer games because it was one of the first ones besides pac-man that you could play on a pc so i mean yes for that type of gaming yes but for video games in general okay i see what you're saying yeah so it, it like the, the beatles of yeah of video games yes the beatles and stones homie <laughs> So, uh, do you have a favorite video game of all time? Something that you've just played overwhelmingly more than anything else? Absolutely. Really? Diablo. The original? All of them. <laughs> Man. Each and every all. Yeah. I, I wish we had cameras so everyone could see how straight-faced you were saying that. <laughs> this is not even... I've, I've never seen you be more stern than when getting very serious about Diablo. That was not hyperbole. It was the first time I had... Um, I'd played... Uh, the When I first played a, a game on a computer, it, it was so bad. And it was a text-based game. And it was based on, like, what, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And then um, there was one where you could find a key in a room to go someplace else and then ask a yes or no question. I'm like, fuck a bunch of all this bullshit. <laughs> this is ridiculous. If this is all I can do, fuck this. This is a fad. I didn't even bother to even look at it. I, was, I didn't bother. I tried to learn a little basic programming. I'm like... This is all some bullshit. What what the fuck are you gonna use this for? I got a word processors exist. Uh-huh. Fuck this. I have other stuff to do. Yeah, I, I you know you know, and so the idea that you could program program it to do what? Make four pixels over here and three pixels over there. <laughs> Whoop de shit. You know, so I I didn't do any of that. So I didn't bother with that. And again, I I missed everything. But when Diablo, the first time I put a, I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. It cost me a buck. Put it in there, and I, it took me probably probably about an hour to figure out what to do. But it was so cool because it was actually doing shit, and the animations that look shitty now, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Dude, I remember the original Diablo. I played it for the uh, old-school PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the greatest-looking game that I had ever seen. Yeah, I was blown away and instantly loved it. And so I got into it, and then I started playing it, and then, yeah, you know, I, I played it forever. And then finally, after about 12 billion years, when Diablo 2 finally came out. And when it came out, I was at school, I was at uh, Wind Turbine School, and uh, you know that guy I was telling you about the programmer dude? Mm-hmm. I was staying at his place. And it came out, and he'd set up two big screen TVs, one facing each other at a dinner table. We'd ordered pizza. And I sat there for 14 hours and played that game. God damn. Now, you, you usually see my ADHD side, but what you don't usually see is I got some weird autism shit working. And you, I te- if I lock into something, I tend to make sure I'm away from people because when I lock, lock into something, nothing else exists at all. And I'm totally consumed by whatever I'm doing. And for 14 hours, except for bathroom breaks and eating Jets pizza and drinking copious amounts of ice-cold RC, I played Diablo 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Dude, there's a reason I don't have the new one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've got a dumpster working at my house. I've got shit happening. 
I've got too many other creative projects and I'm, I'm going to be, I got to go sign up for that sketch writing course. So I've got a whole bunch of shit. If, and I guarantee you that if I get that, I won't wash, I won't work, I'll forget my children exist. I won't, mm, no. <laughs> See, I, I don't get sucked into video games like that. Like, no, I only get sucked into that one. Especially with Diablo, because I've been playing the new one, and I can play it for about an hour, hour and a half tops before I go, okay, I, I, I just need to turn this off. Like, I, it's not that, like, oh, it's so repetitive, because it is, but... Like, okay, well, I've, I've just had enough of this and I have to put it down. But mm. the one game that will get me in the way that you were talking about that I absolutely lose track of time with, mm. Civilization. Oh. Because I'm such a dumb history dork. Mm-hmm. And I like all that dumb shit. Mm. I will sit and play that for hours and go, oh, no, it's four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because there's something about, like, okay, Building a city. Well, I can't do Sim City because I'm not an urban planner. I, I'm not a city building type of guy. Right. But I can say, oh, divert resources into building this, and I don't have to do anything. I just have to make managerial decisions over this vast empire, and then I can crush them with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I'm yeah. in. See, and again, a lot of these things came out because uh, right after I got out of the service... I think I had maybe a year or two. I was all right. And then I was right back into active fucking addiction. And I was more worried about uh, keeping on whatever it is I needed to keep on and uh, worried about those video games. Uh-huh. So, again, my, my, my uh, experience with video games was very, very limited up until about 2000. And then again, or, you know, and then I got married, had a kid. So... The, the two hours, one or two hours for any game was all I could do. Right. But if there was ever chances where it's just me alone all day, guess what I'm doing? On the couch, getting a backache, playing fucking video games. And it was Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, all of the Baldur's Gates, um, and Diablo. And then they had, uh, what, Champions of Norath, Champions of Norath 2. There was, I do, I, it took me a long time to realize why I liked all of them. They were all by the same studio. Oh. So the gameplay was so similar that I could get to it. But there were so many options. And usually that's too much for me. But they were so linear to start with. And they opened up slowly. And then, because what was that game that you said, oh, you were trying to play? It was kind of like Diablo clone. With oh, the skill uh, trees. Uh, Path of Exile. Yeah, I tried playing that. But it was so fucking confusing that I just wanted to kick the goddamn television. Yep. Whereas the Diablos are all the ones, they don't get real, real difficult that way until you've figured it out a bunch. Oh, okay, I can, you make mistakes. It has all the time in the world, and then when it gets difficult, you know what to do. It's kind of like they trained you to do it, you know? But otherwise, I'm like, you see those giant skill trees, and I'm just like, oh no, fuck this. So here's the thing that you may not know about me. Big sports game fan. Mm. love them absolutely love them and i don't know why especially like a good baseball game i think it's because it's typically kind of boring and mellow i can tell you why for the same reason why you like civilization you're building a team you're choosing players you are expecting results from a data stack 
Mm-hmm. And this is why I don't understand why you fucking avoided fucking D&D your whole goddamn life. Because guess what you do in D&D? Uh, Manage resources. You uh, extrapolate data from data stacks and books and shit. It's a video game, too. It's, it's all the shit that you like. But on that note, I wanted to put out there, it's still, in my opinion, all around gameplay, cultural impact, everything, one of the greatest games of all time was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Oh, hell yeah. That game was everywhere, and I was the age for it when it came out. And it was... James, I kid you not when I say it kind of changed our generation. Well, I want to tell you another thing, too, and I can... I Oh, I've got a point. Go ahead. No, it, I was pretty much finished. It oh. pretty much changed our generation. I will tell you the biggest thing about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, and I was going to... In fact, now it's going to be my topic. Punk rock. You used to have to look for it. You used to have to know what record shop to go to. You used to have to know the shows. You have to know the venues. And if you fucking missed it or you missed the flyer, you missed the fucking show. And if you wanted shit, if you wanted DC punk, you better be real tight with the you know the record store owner. Say, hey, can you give me some DC shit? I want to hear what their sound sounds like. Or they would get in shit from Boston, or they'd get in shit from Los Angeles, or they'd get shit from Arizona. But you didn't have access to it. And you really had to seek it out. You had to go find it, and it was a thing. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out. It brought music to every fucking body who bought this, and it was so, it was so popular that people who would not normally get exposed to that type of music, and I'm not talking about just punk rock, yeah, but the music in general that they put on there brought a, brought a whole new audience that would not necessarily have been uh, exposed to that. Yeah, because not every day you turn on video games and there's the Dead Kennedys. Because you wouldn't hear it on the radio? No. You wouldn't. So it did change a generation. Mm-hmm. And also, how many how many people, like, I think I bought my first skateboard, my first serious skateboard in, what, 84? 83, 84, I think. And I bought, well, no, no, it was 85. I got a Carl Peralta signature with a fucking big plastic coping. The thing weighed about 7,000 pounds. <laughs> but it was fucking amazing. But the scene was small. And in, in, when I brought it back, because I was in San Diego, oh, it was 85. I was in San Diego and I bought it. I bought it in boot camp. I brought it home because I was trying to learn, do some half pipe stuff. And I had to find one when I got back from the military. But it it was nobody had a skateboard, and it was just this novelty. Like they'd heard about skateboarders and shit, and you see movies with skateboards, you know. But mm-hmm. I had a real fucking thing. So it brought that to so many people that would never have seen that. I mean, skateboarding was if you only in warm places would you see skateboarders ever. Mm-hmm. But now you got Midwest skateboarders. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, Tony fucking Hawk. And part of the cool thing about that game is being kids, you know. All across America, who live in the middle of nowhere, when you would uh, like complete the game with a character, they gave you a real video of them doing tricks. Mm-hmm. Like, look, it, like you know, obviously it's exaggerated. It's a video game, and it was a very, very fun video game at that. But look, here's these dudes doing this cool shit. Do you know how many fucking skateboarders popped up in this country? Mm-hmm. It would not be. 
without Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I had tried my whole life to Ollie. Couldn't I've f- never done it once. I couldn't figure it out. And I could kind of half-ass uh, uh, kind of half-ass Ollie if I wanted to transition from the street over a curb. So I could kind of, but it wasn't really an Ollie. I just kind of got my the top up and I timed it just right so I can get my back wheels up. But it wasn't a real Ollie. I think I was in, I got 35 and this kid had a board and he had a Tony Hawk video and I'm watching the video watching the kid and I tried it once this kid turned around and said hey no just do this thing and as I put and I tipped it just right I'm like oh and I landed uh, and I landed on the board and I've never gotten foot on a skateboard ever again leave it on a high note smart man Mm -hmm, because I'm like fuck I'm number one I'm old and I was I was 35 I had no business on a skateboard but fuck I wanted to ollie once in my god damn life but no right tony hawk skateboard it did change america it changed culture it did and it's fucking nuts to think that yeah just a video game it wasn't just a video game that's the weird thing about it is in, in theory yeah it was just a game that you would sit and play but none of us had any interest in skateboarding before that really mm. after that Almost everybody had a skateboard. And no, most of us did not continue on with it. We tried it for, you know, a couple weeks and went, ah, fuck this. But I know skateboards first came on my radar, God, 75, 76. And all of a sudden, uh, the kids were all, all the kids were trying to, we were trying to make our own out of whatever bullshit we had around the house on two by fours and shit. And a whammo put out a a skateboard. And I think it, it was, I think, 77, I think, that came out with a skateboard, and we all tried it. And it, it tried to be a craze, but it didn't, again, it didn't kick in the Midwest because it's fucking cold. You're, you, can't, you can't skate for eight months out of the year. Right. You know, so what are you going to do? Skate parts didn't exist. So it never kicked, and again, until Tony Hawk's video, and they showed skate parks. Yep. The idea of a fucking skate park, you could do it indoors. What? That's insanity. Mm-hmm. Skating indoors, not on four wheels. What the fuck? So uh, I guess the last question that I have for you about video games, and I don't know how long this will take, but uh, do you have a uh, strong preference one way or another toward older or newer video games? Which, I guess what I'm saying is, which did you find more fun, I guess, at the time? And which would you have more fun with now if you had access to some of, to, I guess, all of the resources? Well, here's the difficulty becomes that my age, I didn't have any in between. I had the arcade shit and then I had the dope set. You know, it, it wasn't even the first generation PlayStation. It was the second one that I started with. Uh-huh. So we're talking about... Real quick, do you remember when they let David Lynch make the PlayStation 2 commercial? No. Yeah, go look that up, everybody. They let David Lynch direct a commercial for the PlayStation 2's Oh, hell yeah. It's insane. Anyway. Oh, God. I'm sorry for that. That's okay. I don't remember what I was saying. I found it pertinent. I'm picturing David Lynch... Oh, I don't have a lot of them in between. So we take a look at... Before I I had any discernment, and I could only react with childlike whatever. Those are my video games, okay? Uh, they really hit. Like, I played Pong. Somebody had a Pong machine on their television. I thought, oh, wow. 
and then you know you could play uh, tank tank commander and uh, shootout, I think. And uh, then Pac-Man came out, and so Pac-Man was a big deal, but it was kind of a game that I couldn't play because I can't memorize like that. I, I just can't, so it was useless. Um, I think it wasn't until Defender came out. Like I said, Defender was a big deal in Tempest. Those were two big things. But these were, again, childhood memories. These are memories pre even before puberty. So I'm comparing to those to the fucking killer graphics because, again, I didn't have Mario. I didn't have any of that stuff in between. So I, I don't think I have a proper answer for you. See, because I've been thinking about that a lot lately because uh, on the kids' Switch, they have a whole collection of old, you know, NES, uh, Super Nintendo, N64, and Sega Genesis games. And I kind of find myself drawn to the older games a little bit more as far as wanting to actually sit down and play them. Because, again, I think it has to do with that steep difficulty and mm-hmm. learning curve that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. That Oh, man, I got fucked up, like, a minute into the first level. God damn it. All right, I'm going to figure this the fuck out. And that's when I start to get really, really into them. Mm. The and, Oh, Centipede, dude. Oh, I fuck Centipede. I hate that game so goddamn much. I'm not good at it. I will shoot it in the middle and lose track of everything. I love that game. mm. No, Space Invaders was my jam. As far as Space Invaders, as far as old games, pattern recognition and counting and timing, fuck a bunch of old ass. Yeah, you blast a hole through a couple of them uh, barriers, and you can just shoot up through them and get all your aliens. Wait, you can shoot through the base. Uh, We might just get these aliens. (laughs) But yeah, it's I and I find myself thinking about like older games a lot more because for some reason when I was thinking about doing this. Uh, I had the vivid memory of having the Judge Dredd video game for the Sega Genesis. James, it is incredibly hard. To this day, I never finished it as a kid, and I played it constantly. And Mm. and that's where, like, I, I don't know whether I really enjoy that kind of difficulty, because some of those are, like, pretty much impossible Mm -hmm. to beat. But, like... I also get frustrated with the, oh, well, I can just run over here, and if I die, I just start back here, and there was no, there's no penalty whatsoever. I'm just minorly inconvenienced for having to go back 30 yards in the game because Mm -hmm. I fucked it up. Whatever. That is one of the things that I think leads to my, like, real imminent boredom with video games. Oh, wait, there was one game I played, there were two games I played in between. One was called Clay Fighters. On the Nintendo? Yeah, Clay Fighters is fun. Oh, my fucking God. That game, compared to what we have now, was kind of stupid. Uh-huh. But I rewatched gameplay. I, 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 you know how you look up random shit? I was like, I wonder if it's as good as... I wonder if anybody's got any video of, of gameplay oh, from... And you go, can find any video game ever. <laughs> I know. So I'm watching. I'm like, it fucking held up. I'm like, oh, that would still be fun to play. Yeah. Um, so, and then there was another one. It was on a Sega. It was, uh, it's a fighting game, but you played like a, a werewolf fighting another monster. Oh, cool. And it was cool as shit. It was basically Street Fighter with monsters. Yeah. Uh, there was, I think it was Primal Rage, the dinosaur Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. That was probably it. It ruled. Mm-hmm. Dumb as hell, but it ruled. So I think, um, there, eh, I like the way games look now. 
I like the way they move. They're not as jarring to me. I like the, you know, I like the frame rate. It's easier for me to follow. I can pick up enemies better. So I like that. I like the fact that uh, they scale up and scale down, but not ridiculously. Like the old games would try to do it, but it would make it either impossible or so easy. Why am I bothering? Right. So I like, I think I prefer games now. Hmm. All in all. What, but the cool thing is all those other old games exist and I can play them. So I, you right. know, I don't have to make a choice, but if I objectively as a grown person who, again, missed out on all those games in between, God, the fucking gameplay now is a thousand times better. It's, it, it's followable. They have better stories. You can do more things. You know, if you want to machine gun something now, you can before it would, <laughs> it would say it would be one bright white light. And you hear the noise, that, 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 that. But there's no machine gunning, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I, the new, new shit, hands down. That, see, that, that's a very fair answer. And that's why I, I really wanted to talk to you about video games and, like, the impact that they've had. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's all I got for uh, the old video games. That's good. That's good. In fact, a good thing about talking about video games is brought up the, uh, the good old... Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, because uh, one of the choices that I had for topics today was punk rock. Ooh, yeah, buddy. So we're going to talk about punk rock. Are uh, we now? Well, I am. I, I do. You would have a few things to say, I would imagine. I sure do. Okay, because, you know, we may have... It little... fucking sucks, and I hate it. Yeah, I, I, oof, I don't even... I, I think I bring it up so that we can revile it for the next half ne- hour. Never heard of it. <laughs> fucking, what? Punk rock? Is that that loud, atonal shit? Who are these Ram ones? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you in the neck. You got me. (laughs) The Ram ones. See, all right. So my uh, interest in punk rock began actually uh, with the original co-host of the old horror vomit, uh, Sean from the band Oil Change. Currently, go check them out. They're good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that pretty much meeting and hanging out with him is where I got my interest in punk rock. And because I started out as a metal kid mm-hmm. and not good metal, mind you. And yeah. then I started, you know, hanging around and, you know, Dead Kennedy's like, oh, that's really fucking cool. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, the first Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards record. Mm-hmm. Also, like. I still, to this day, will put that on, even though Lars Fredrickson's kind of a fucking doofus. But yeah. Whatever. It's still a good record. I don't care. It's good. But there's a lot of punk rock that I just, I can't. Like, this is too dumb. Yeah. There's a lot of real dumb punk rock out there, and I, I can't. Well, there, you know the reason why there's a lot of real dumb punk rock out there? Because there's a lot of real dumb punk rockers out there. Right, but also when when it was trying to be whatever it was trying to be back when it was trying to be it, you know what I mean? They were, they were trying to crib, oh, fuck, that's some cool shit over in England, but we're not English. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And then and it got filtered through America. But when it was starting out, every motherfucker that, that it called to started a band. Mm-hmm. Everyone. So I guess we've had this discussion before, but where would you put the start of punk rock? Would you put it? I mean, traditionally speaking, I'm not talking about you know. Well, yeah. in the '50s, there was this band that played kind of fast. Well, I would say that it was. I'd say because it usually falls between, uh, in my opinion, anyway, 
Velvet Underground, which I do not subscribe to, and then the Stooges. Mm, well, you see, but we got to think about this too. The scene where they were at, New York, okay? London. They were sister cities, okay? Pub rock. It was a fight against, you know, all that um, uh, prog rock and shit and all that hippie shit and all that other stuff and that all mass-produced shit. You know, both sides were trying to find that dirtier sound. Like MC5, they say they're the godfathers of punk. To me, they're the same kind of band as the ones that were just before punk hit in there. But what happens is they kind of incestualized in New York and London. So, yes, Iggy Pop and the Dolls in the States. But, you know, then we're talking about, the, you know, the guys are crawling out, you know, starting to crawl out. Um, you know, Richard Hell, um, Costello used to be punk. You know, all those guys were coming out. Richard of, Hell's from New York, buddy. I'm sorry. I was thinking of not him. Who was the other guy? Fucking blank generation. Richard Hell. That was Richard Hell. I thought he was British fucking my no, whole life. He is from Louisville, Kentucky. Originally, and you don't sound like he's from Louisville in the music. No, uh, I I read the uh, "Please Kill Me" the uh, mm. autobiography of punk, where it's mm. just little snippets from like everybody in the New York yeah, scene. Yeah. And I guess him and Tom Verlaine of Television ran away from home in Louisville and just ran to New York when they were like fifteen. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, but 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 what I'm saying is that the, what we think of punk again came from the the pub rock scene. It was a reactionary music on both sides, and I think it was m- tend to be more in London that that filtered through New York because these guys were sitting in New York fucking just fucking shit and blah 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 and that you know uh, politics this and that and, and you know and the music started bleeding through there and people pulled that and it made it their own thing so I think that it was kind of both on both sides of the ocean right at the same time kind of like the light bulb was invented in five places at the same yeah because I mean when you talk about British bands that, you know, came, like, right before punk but could be considered, like, the godfathers of punk. You know, you got to talk about the jam. Oh, hell yeah. Bands like that, that, you know, they were playing that kind of dirty pub rock. And But even the damned before they were the damned were just, you know, they were fucking out there in the bars. Yeah. And they would uh, pull their shit when they could. Yeah, UK subs did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking used, UK subs. Dude, I was just listening to UK subs today, dude. I f- went... Because I figured punk rock would come up from one of us. And, you know, I've been keeping up, obviously, as I usually do. But, Mm. man, I fucking love the UK subs. I forgot how much I love the UK subs. And you know what what band didn't hold up for me? Dag Nasty. Never got into them, really. Fucking, there was a time where I would... Well, I'm the kind of person, though, that will get into a band and that was all I will listen to on repeat for a month. And then it'll stand the test of time or it won't. Right. But there was a period about two years where it was all DC all the time and Dag Nasty played heavy and hard all the time. I went back and listened to Can I Say and I'm like, why did I like this? What what possessed me? I, I can't imagine because it doesn't even hit any of the same spots anymore. See, the whole DC thing is one that just kind of passes me by because like, I'm not a huge bad brains fan and i'm not a like i really just kind of don't like minor threat and i henry rollins came out of there and i'm not a huge like henry rollins or black flag i know they're an la band but like 
I don't know something about it like it just doesn't get me but mm. that old New York like when punk started to come around mm-hmm. the you know right after the dolls the Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers oh yeah obviously the Ramones Richard Hell I fucking love Blank Generation dude I feel like the biggest fucking idiot in the entire universe because I honest to God thought that motherfucker was British because I don't look into anything I don't want to know anything about people I like musically because i tend to have my dick stepped in and i I, then i don't want to listen to them Mm -hmm. so i tend not to know anything about it or just whatever i may have picked up here and there i I read nothing about that guy i swear to god up until this minute i thought he was british no he was yeah basically he is why the sex pistols existed well fuck yeah because malcolm mclaren took over managing the new york dolls Mm. before johnny and jerry left because they were strung out in florida and wanted to go back to new york and cop dope Mm -hmm. so they did and that's when Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers formed and Malcolm still was hanging around and tried to manage Richard Hell. <clears throat> that's where the Sex Pistols got their look from because Richard Hell would just go out in like a ripped up t-shirt and fucked up jeans because he was a poor junkie that lived mm-hmm. in New York and didn't give a shit. That's what uh, Down at the Rock and Roll Club is about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but there were a lot of, like I said, there were a lot of bands like that, and I can't name them off the top of my head. I should have done a little bit more research. But or, I mean, one of the more raucous, like, I guess, original punk bands, fucking the Dead Boys. Oh, fucking Dead Boys. I mean, you hear some of the Dead Boys songs, you're like, oh, that was probably, you know, mid-80s. No, that was 1977. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I, I got the goosebumps. Uh, that was my, I think it was one of my first punk rock t-shirts were Dead Boys t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, I had a Ramon shirt that my cousin had given me and uh, I think I may have had a Sex Pistols shirt at one time, but the first one that I got for me was that band. Oh, wow. See, I have thought of forever, man. I, the Sex Pistols are a real divisive topic too, because mm. I can never be sure whether I like the Sex Pistols or not. Because mm. I'll listen to it one time and go like, you know, it actually it's not that bad. It's you know, it it's got some all right guitar stuff that it's fine. And then sometimes I'll listen to the Sex Pistols and think this is fucking trash Mm, this is absolute garbage especially when you consider the other bands of the time yeah the uk subs were around the vibrators were around at that mm -hmm. time the damned as much as i'm not like a huge i'm a fucking giant damn fan yeah they were around the adverts oh god there were other bands and just Um, the sex pistols are kind of the almost like the bottom of the barrel specs Mm -hmm. yeah x-ray specs was around Mm -hmm. like the the pogues Mm, not a huge Pogues fan. The funny thing is, um, the Pogues, again, you get a lot of the stuff, you you know, you got a lot of the stuff later. Like, you couldn't help it. Whatever year you were born, the Sex Pistols came out when they came out. Yeah. You know what? They're not going to hit you the same way they'd hit me because there was nothing else like that. You know what I mean? I, I got... All there the was, same. that was the point that I was making. Uh, but No, but, but I'm none, saying to but me... But none of them had Sid Vicious. Right. But think about, I had very little access outside of radio. Right. So this, the first three three bands that I got into like that were, what, the Pistols, the Ramones, and the Damned. All at the same time because... Oh, and the Subs, too. I got all of them at the same time because they hit the record stores. And my cousin had them at the same time. 
There was nothing, nothing I'd ever heard in my life, even anything resembling like that. So again, I cannot be objective about the pistols because the pistols were of a very specific era and meant a very specific thing to me. It's like all these bands, again, I can't be objective about, I can be objective about a certain bunch of punk because I love punk. I love even the new punk. Like, you know, like when it hit real hard again, like late 90s up till about 2005 or about 15 bands that came out that are amazing you know um but yeah but the old stuff i can't be objective about it for at fucking all is it good music is it not good i don't know because it hits me a very certain way exactly and i think we've talked about this before just randomly that i will much i would much rather listen to a song from somebody who gave a shit Mm -hmm. and like tried their best to write a song Mm -hmm. than somebody who's effortlessly good at their instrument mm-hmm. and their songs suck. Well, there's been a, because there is a, like, we've yeah. gone on and on and on and on and on about, there is a reason that I will listen to the Ramones at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. Still every week without fail. Well, I will tell you that my musical tastes have always led towards the raw, the there, there's a certain type of thing that's always called to me because I love funk music love funk music but uh let's say for example ohio players very smooth band very very tight and they did a song called fop but junie brown does a song called fop and it is the rawest motherfucking thing you ever heard sounds like he's fucking somebody right there on the stage the way he's talking i'm just like but it is the horns hit like like they're hitting hard everything the drums are just Right band, and it, there's a again that kind of feel to it, the punk feel. Um, when I played you, Hound Dog Taylor, oh, that was good. That's the kind of blues I like because it's fucking raw. It looks, it sounds like he just got out of shift at a factory, he's pissed the fucking world, but now he gets to play guitar, and you're gonna hear the song. And if you don't like it, fuck you, you know. And and there's a rawness, but all the music that I really tend to love and stick with, even the jazz, I like. Which some people say, oh, it's very complicated and this and that. I was like, you don't understand these motherfuckers that were playing it. It was the hardest, the most most fuck you to everybody else playing kind of music there was. You know, and, and there's just that you can feel that in the music. And again, being the ultimate, you know, being the outsider completely, my, you know, it calls to me. This is, this is different. This has a realness to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I remember when punk, everybody was starting punk bands. A lot of guys were in metal bands and they were punk because they wanted to, metal was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I fuck you guys then. You know, fuck you. If you don't take it seriously, those bands never made it. You know, but you know, when I was coming up, all, all the local bands, man. Oh. You and, know, it, and just going to, you know, the, the rawness of it, if we progress a little to, I mean, <clears throat> the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody remembers the first time that they heard an exploited song. You do not confuse what Wadi Bukin sounds like whatsoever. Oh, God, no. Oh, my fucking God. The first time I heard Maggie. Huh. I'll never forget that moment. But even before that, God, I forgot what, the, I forgot what song I heard. But yeah, the first time I ever heard it, I'm like, what is this? This is not metal. But this is, is this punk? Metal, punk, metal, pedal. What is this shit? I love it. What uh-huh. the fuck? Give me more. This, this is very fast and it fucking rules. And it takes all the shit 
uh, that takes all the shit from metal I like and, and dispenses with all the shit that I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if you can give me a solo. But if you can draw my attention and fucking keep that beat and beat it to fucking death, yes, more please. Yeah, when your song goes, when the chorus of your song is just, I hate cop cars, Mimo, Mimo. Or Maggie, you cunt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's your chorus at the top of your lungs, at the top of your voice. Mm-hmm. I, I forget that I have it on my um, shuffle. <laughs> Because I love that song. See, but... I had a, one of my children ask me what that word meant. Speaking, though, of the exploited, I f- fall off hard of the exploited when they start to get into more of the crossover thrash. Oh, yeah. Like, I can handle uh, Punk's Not Dead and uh, Troops of Tomorrow. Right. And I can listen to Let's Start a War, but after that, like, I really lose interest because they're not a metal band. This, that's when Suicidal lost me. Yep. And fucking much love to the talent as a metal band. It's just fucking, I'm, that's not suicidal. Fuck you. That's not what I signed up for. And that is not the army I enlisted in. Go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. And I'm, I, I mean, pull my punk card if you want. Not a huge Discharge fan either. Mm. Like, I, I don't get it. This, this sounds boring to mm. me. Well, I'm going to tell you that a lot of California punk left me fucking. I couldn't, I never really got a lot of the California shit I never got into. See, if you took all of Fear's good songs, you mm-hmm. could make one good record. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I love Fear, don't get me wrong. But listening to an entire Fear record is a drain. When you get to songs like Getting the Brush. Mm. You're like, my fucking God, is this almost done yet? Well, I think, again, being being a Midwest guy, you know, um, they put too much art school in their music. A lot of the punk bands in L.A. at the time, early 80s and that, they were they put too much art school in it, and it fucking lost me because I'm like, okay, you, oh, dear. Are you late for class? Get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> uh, Darby Crash. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's like, it, it just sounded a little soft to me, you know? I, I love the, uh, I think it's the part of the first decline of the Western civilization where they're trying to film the germs live. And mm. it's just Darby Crash all fucked up on stage. And somebody's just yelling, Darby, the mic, it's right there. It's right there. I guess I would have to say, if I really thought about it as an adult, I prefer cold weather punk yeah. to warm weather punk. But, I mean, California did put out some really good punk bands. No, no. Here's the deal. They got good, but I'm talking about at the beginning of the scene. Okay? I, the reason I know a lot more about the DC bands is because they, they, they hit me in the spot better. The stuff in L.A., even like the stuff that was rolling over from the 70s, didn't speak to me because I wasn't old enough to understand what the fuck they were pissed about. Yeah, I don't like hippies, but, you know, fuck them. I don't ever see them. They're all old people now. Yeah. You know, so I was kind of at an odd age for that. So my the stuff that was coming out of Cali at the time, I'm like, mm, yeah, I get the germs. I get you guys. It's all right. You know, it's a thing. But the hardest shit spoke we, to We all understand that you're still learning how to play. It's fine. <laughs> but the, the hardest shit that was more, again... A more genuine, I guess, or genuine seeming to me at the time would speak to me. So I didn't hit a lot of the California bands, but I will say that California spawned a fucking shit ton of bands. I love like face to face, no effects. Um, God, uh, no use for a name, all that shit. Uh, I, one of my favorite, uh, punk rock records mm. is the authorities puppy mm. love out of uh, Stockton. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Although one of my favorite things, I used to work at a Denny's. It was uh, in Schiller Park, which is the ass into, ass into Chicago. It's, it's we used to uh, Schiller Park. We used to call it the Witness Relocation Program. Oh, yeah, fun. Yeah, um, but um, a lot of the bands would, you know, a lot of the punk bands were coming back, you know, wherever, and they would sit in my section. And because I was into it. I would get seven, and I'd get I'd get um, seven inch albums. I'd get stickers, fucking eighty eight fingers, Louie. All those guys would come through there, and so I got an extra hit of the Chicago punk. And so I, I couldn't be bothered with half the stuff that was coming out of California. But yeah, they spawned a lot of good stuff that I like now, and they spawned a huge, beautiful, amazing scene. You know, it just, it just I hit California. I think that I, when I hit California in eighty five, I was in San Diego for boot camp. And your metal was starting to get big, <laughs> and uh, punk rock was starting to not be as big. It, it was getting it was getting killed by that kind of metal the same way that kind of metal got killed by grunge. Right? Is it always there? Yes. Will it always be there? Yes. As long as there's an irritated teenager, there's going to be what? There's going to be angry rap, and there's going to be punk. Mm-hmm. And it it just goes to show because you know people think of punk rock as being one thing. Like, well. You can go, span the entire spectrum all the way from like a defiance type of band and to, you know, sloppy seconds oh. who are just, it, it's just an absolute delight to listen to. They covered Jet Plane. It's, I, cause I've considered bringing sloppy seconds here, but I don't have a half an hour worth of just like listing off sloppy second songs that mm-hmm. I like, but like they're just audio joy. Mm-hmm. Every single time, it's so stupid, and it's supposed to be. It's all about you know, chicks in old horror movies, and just the dumbest ass songs that you could ever possibly. What was what was the band that did the song so fucked up? Sloppy seconds. That was sloppy seconds. Yeah, uh-huh. one of my all time favorite punk rock songs of all time. Uh-huh. I can quote verse for verse right fucking now. They also made a song about the zero bar <laughs> that fucking rules. And what about the dead milkman? I'm not a huge Dead Milkman fan. The song Punk Rock Girl, at least. I mean, yeah, they have songs that I like, but as a whole, like, I don't think I've ever sat and listened to an entire Dead Milkman album. It's an acquired taste. I, I get you. I love it, because it's my sense of humor. They, they remind me of, like, Punk Rock Primus, almost, from what I know about them. It's just like, yeah, they just kind of play whatever they want. Like The Dickies? I, I do like the Dickies. You can't not like the Dickies. And the best thing about the Dickies too is like I was into them, right? And I knew him, I knew him from the kind of the scene. And then I was watching CPO Sharky with Don Rickles as a <laughs> naval officer or a, a, a chief petty officer, and had to go get some of his crew members from a pub. And guess what band was playing on my fucking television on prime goddamn time? Molly Hatchet. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's the Dickies, dude, on fucking primetime television. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to yell directly in the microphone, but that was good times. Hell yeah, Good man. times. Remember when Fear played on Saturday Night Live? Yes. And were asked to never return? Mm-hmm. And again, I respect what they did, but to me, it was more of an art project than a music. Well, and them, I- the Kennedys, a lot of them. I, I also think we would be remiss if we didn't at least bring up the Misfits. Because, I mean, you talk about just a staple of punk rock. That's pretty much everybody's first, like, punk rock band. And lest we forget, they were a punk rock band. You know, the odd thing about the Misfits is I'd heard of them, 
but again, I was I was in I was stationed in South Carolina, which uh, where there's no punk rock except one run, record store. You know, that, that's it. So I was missing out on a lot of that shit. But yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot the point I was trying to make. But it's alright. No, like I said, I. I I would be remiss oh, yeah. if we didn't just bring up at least the influence that the Misfits had. Oh no, it's, I, I unironically dig the Misfits. Yeah, but I didn't get them till late, so I didn't grow up with them. My guy was like, "Oh, what's this? Well, it's kind of punk," and it was like a whole bunch of punk that I had missed on the scene early, because I'd kept up with I thought every band that I thought that I might want to hear, and then all of a sudden, some I think I was at oh I was in the Navy. It was about '86, and one of the one of the guys came up. He was from California. And he left a Misfits tape, and he left uh, a couple other punk ta- CDs or tapes, sorry, tapes up there, and I just fucking beat them to death. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I still, I fucking Misfits got a great place in my heart for those those good albums. Yeah, and that I mean, you everywhere around the world too, like Astacask. Mm-hmm. Astacast fucking rules, dude. <laughs> yeah, can't understand a goddamn thing that they're saying, but their songs are cool as shit. Hell yeah, fucking funeral dress out of mm. Belgium. Oh yeah. I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, dude, this fucking rules. I mean, they they fall under the category of, like, dumb punk, mm-hmm. but it's still fun. But it's dumb good punk. I mean, objectively, you take everything out of it, the music's fucking banging. Yeah, it's still fun. Yeah. It's still something that, yeah, you slam beers and you listen to that and you go, yeah, this is pretty cool. I mean, how could you not enjoy Skulls? I want your skull hacking the heads off little girls and I hang them on my wall. I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah. Uh-huh. More of that, please. That is just over the top, like fucking hammer, hammer movie weird coolness. Yeah, and everybody forgets they made an entire song about uh, JFK getting shot in the skull. <laughs> run, run, jacket, run. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about getting jacked off by Jackie O. When Kennedy's dead. <laughs> All right, we don't need to sit and sit, sing misfit songs. Absolutely not. I'm a fucking old man. Yes, I do. But I mean, and as far as like newer punk goes, like I, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't have time to keep up, really. Mm. Well, I'm like very, very new. Like, obviously, I listen to like Sean's band, Oil Change, fucking yeah. rules. Uh, our buddy Tony, uh, The Wheels. The Wheels are fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I like The Wheels. Uh, Bram out in Denver, Barking Mad's fun. I'm gonna have to, we'll see. This is a whole bunch of new uh, cool stuff for me because the scene is dead uh, is, it, for all intents and purposes, except for us keeping alive, going to see shows and you know, holding it alive. I don't get a lot of kids like, Oh, I listen to this band and this band, and these are the new guys coming up. And I'm like, I don't get any of that. So the last new bands, we're talking like face to face, you know what I mean. <laughs> that brand new band oxymoron <laughs> that that up-to-date right up there lag wagon yeah so but you know they had a good run like like i said between like 95 and 2005 a shit ton of good bands came out and i'm still catching up yeah, so i'm and- hoping for a new batch like all these names that you talked about we're gonna i'm gonna have to write down after the podcast because i'm going on a fucking deep dive because i i the deep dive that i've been on is starting to wear thin. I've been on. Uh, I've been listening to all Guatemalan music, all marimba shit, and uh, I love it. But like, I need a. I need a new something for a while. Yeah, uh, Subhumans have a newer record. It came out a couple years ago, but it's, it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Subhumans are still putting out good albums. Uh, Boris the Sprinkler just put out some new shit not too long ago too. Mm-hmm. Love well, Boris the Sprinkler again. Stupid fun punk rock. Oh yeah. Well. 
I just like um, people make fun of me for my love of ska. Yeah, as well they should. Oh no, but if you think about the music I grew up with, ska is a natural, <laughs> natural progression. What do I like? Most of my music that I grew up with has horns, and then they had real upbeat with horns. Because ska is a mixture of like, they were starting to mix funk in with the ska, you know that kind of stuff. Because reggae is basically ska and funk, right? And I I discovered ska when I was really into you know really into reggae. I'm like, wait, it's funk. What's the other stuff? Ska? So I started listening to Desmond Decker, and then all of a sudden, boom, horns. And then they started punking it up a little bit. Anything with, with bright, bright horn section fucking gets me every time. So. so I guess the only other one that we haven't really kind of, I mean, we've skipped around a whole bunch, but <laughs> how do you feel about skinhead music and for no. everybody listening yeah. james knows exactly what i'm talking about we are not talking about screwdriver we're not right. talking about the rac stole their entire look from real skinhead culture mm-hmm. skinheads uh, we're talking you know the business well see like this all the skinhead like the british skins i know they all like motown sound and oldies you know they're down for that shit fucking still in full suspenders and shit but they're getting the fuck down but as far as that music goes i I can do it for a little bit if it's good and hard you know what i mean if it hits the right notes like it hits the right punk stuff and it's not political you know what i mean if it's just like working class blues shit i'm down you know, but yeah, like i sit and listen to cox bar right. all day <laughs> but if they start leaning into any kind of politics first i gotta listen then I got to, mm, mm, oh, uh. I don't want to have to think about that while I'm listening. To yeah, because the one that really uh, I, I, I'm on the line about is Blitz. Because mm. they have some uh, real questionable things in their lyrics that you, you kind of hear over the years and go, hmm, I, I don't know if I care for that too much. Because there's mm. a line in, uh, I believe it's New Age, mm-hmm. you know, hold to your colors. And you're like, hmm. I, I, I don't know exactly what he's talking about right there. Is he talking and, about his rocker on his vest that he is a member of a social club, Colors? Or I, your flag? Because that's kind of leading on national nationalist shit. Yes. What, what are we talking about, boy chica? I gotta know. But, yeah, as far as, like, the business, uh, Cockney Rejects. Yeah, I, like, I, I like Cox Bar well like, enough. But, like, they're not... Sham 69, dude. Yeah, they're but they're not the... If I'm like in the mood for punk rock, that's not generally what I reach for oh, personally. See, occasionally, though, nothing scratches that itch like Sham 69. Yeah, I was listening to Sham 69 not too long ago. And it, it's a weird itch, too. It's just like, you know, it would be perfect right now. Or Angelic Upstarts. Oh, God, yeah. I haven't thought about them in a minute, dude. Again, a band that was around when the Sex Pistols were around mm. and are miles better than the Sex Pistols. Mm. I, I, but I. I think um, we're talking about just the bands, but I will tell you, the, I think the main reason punk has always hit me is that I always like the, like the primacy in my music. You know, I like complicated, I like all, but the stuff that always stuck with me is just the rawer things. Um, because of my uh, mental illnesses, I have been the ultimate outsider. I thought it was because I, you know, I thought it might be because I'm multicultural or because I'm just an oddball in general. But no, I actually have issues with my head that made me an outsider. But there were a few certain scenes that would take me or that didn't judge, didn't give a flying fuck. 
And the punk scene was one of them. The punk and ska scene, um, at least in Chicago at the time, it was, uh, it was tough. They didn't give a fuck as long as you stood up. You, you could be Mexican. You'd be nobody give a fuck. That's our show. You know what I mean? This is pre-skin. This was racist always been there. You know, but they were ganged up before, and now they had they had a different flag to fly behind. You know, but that was, be- but the scene was taking everybody. Didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Are you at the show? You down for the music? Fuck yeah. You know, and if we hang, it doesn't matter who you are. If somebody bothers us in the parking lot, we'll handle our functions. You know, we're on our side now. You know, and and it was a it was a whole thing, and very few scenes took me. D and D, those guys took me. You know, and in the punk scene, those were the only two scenes in high school where I was just like, oh, that. And one time I, 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 <laughs> I fucked up and I think I was drunk as fuck. I showed up to school and signed up to uh, do something for the uh, school play. So I ended up doing stage crew and shit. That was the fucking best time I ever had, too. But um, yeah, but all these things happened right around the same time. It, the few scenes that took me. So there's always going to be that thing. So it's always drawn me. And and that's what I've loved about punk this whole time. Because I can still go to a show. My ancient ass can go to a show. And except for some of the young guys, what the fuck are you doing here, Grandpa? Most people would treat you like an OG, man. You're, you're down. You know this band? Fuck yeah. You've seen what? Oh, what else have you seen? It's a fucking cool time, you know? And that doesn't happen in a lot of scenes. Everything's exclusionary. Pushes you out. Tries you. You're down for this? Fucking come with us. That's what I like and, about metal scene. And, and those are the fucking punk rockers that I can't stand. Because I always say that, like, man, I love punk rock, but for the most part, I don't like punk rockers. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, at least in the scene around here, a lot of them will try and check you on, like, band knowledge. Like, dude, kind of mm. fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Verrukers, because all mm-hmm. their songs sound the same. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Yeah. But, I do a tune. Yeah. But I'm not going to, you know, go buy a leather jacket to paint their fucking album cover on the back of it. I'll, I'll, no, add, them, thank you. I'll add them to my uh, punk mix charcuterie, but I ain't going to listen to old fucking album. Yeah, and like, that is one of the other things, the kind of pitfalls of punk rock is uh, trying to just live that, that lifestyle. Like, it's untenable. Well, the thing is, you don't have to. Exactly. You can just enjoy music. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that, that's also the one thing that I had never had to change me a whole lot. You know, there was a time when I wanted desperately to fit in, so the mask I put on had a mohawk on it. But I haven't had to change who I am much to be in any of the scenes that I've been in. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why it's always been a constant for me. But again, I'm not a, I, I'm not a huge metal fan. I enjoy metal music, okay? But it's not, I don't have a passion for it like I got for the punk. Right. Or like I have for funk or for my salsa and shit. But I fucking love the metal scene. Always have. I mean, there's shitty parts about it, just like every scene. Mm-hmm. But it's the least exclusionary I've ever met. Mm-hmm. The least. You're down for metal? Yeah. All right. This metal? Uh, no. Let's but, headbang. Yeah, fucking <laughs> eh. Uh, wow, what, what are you listening to? I don't know. i never heard of this before, you know? Yeah, here's a shot. Yeah, fucking eh. But let's get it, fucked up. Yeah. But again... My most of my experiences of the scene are limited to again the Midwest. I've I've hit some clubs out in Los Angeles. I've hit some out in New York and DC and stuff. But my entire punk everything is pretty much here. Although well, I saw some great shows in Boston though. If you if, that was the like '87 in Boston in the Combat Zone. Oh boy, fucking just going to the show was an adventure. 
We had uh, going to see Gangrene, <laughs> otherwise known as Cocaine, the band. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Larry Laceration and the Band-Aids. Just shit nobody's ever heard of. Just fucking going. Just, who's playing? I don't know. Let's go to the fucking club. Boom. Just bottles flying and fucking shit brawls and fucking giant pits and insanity. And those were good times, too, because I was still in my cups in those days. Mm-hmm. And I really did not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have. I'm glad the scenes. Uh, part, a lot of the scenes mellowed a lot in a lot of ways, and I think that's great because I think it makes it more inclusionary. I used to make fun of the circle pits because I again I'd been out of the scene for a minute. I came back and I went to go hit a pit at a show, and I'm fucking knees and elbows just rolling into that pit because I didn't know. You know, there was a circle and some guys inside, but I didn't know they weren't pitting like we used to, and I cleared the pit and. And I weighed a whole 148 pounds. I cleared the pit. I'm like, what's going on? And the promoter's like, like, what are you doing? I was like, there's a fucking pit. And they said, where have you been? I was like, uh, overseas. And they're like, Come, we don't do that no more. Yeah. It, it, we don't try to just flat out hurt each other anymore. And I didn't know that because that's why you hit the pit. You just get your fucking swedge out, man. But uh, no, you did not. Yeah. And it turns out they couldn't do shows because they don't do guerrilla shows anymore. And if you wanted to play a club, you could not have that liability. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. punk grew up and got a little more respectable, but it's still punk. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you put a bow tie on it. If you 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 know you know it when you hear it. So, you, <clears throat> James. Yes. I, I know this was your topic, but we are running a little long. I have one last Holy very shit. very pertinent punk rock question for you. Yes. G.G. Allen. Perform- yay or nay? Performance artist. Uh, just just in general, yay or nay? Nay. No. It's an experience to have been experienced, and I have seen a G.G. Allen show. <laughs> oh. Have you listened? Like the crucifix, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. <laughs> it, it exists. I, I said, I, I, I am a G.G. Allen fan. It's so goddamn dumb that I can't help but just be like, God, this is the stupidest shit in the world, and I love it. I get it, but if you've seen, if you've never seen him live, if you ever saw him live, you might have a different opinion because. What you're seeing, what well, I, James, I was seven when he died. I understand it, but I saw a show. And I, I, it had been brought up to me like performance art. So I'm like, fuck, let's go see this shit, man. I got, and it's fucking a dingy fucking back club. Like, I was lit, lit as fuck. But then I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, this guy is fucking mentally ill. This isn't a joke. There's something wrong with him. Uh-huh. This isn't a joke. And my, my friends were like, oh, no, no. And I was like, no, I'm fucking uncomfortable. I left the show. I'm like, dude, that's, I, I'm glad he made enough money to guess. Uh, feed his addiction a little longer that he didn't die through the money he made from that but the the man was mentally ill and I don't know if he was exploited or chose it but I, I it left a bad taste in my mouth homie so fun story oh, long <laughs> long 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 not long long time ago we haven't been around that long but uh we got this close to getting Merle Allen to be on the show. Oh, wow. Like, we, I had talked to him for, like, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's very reticent about, like, oh, I've never done anything like that. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, we just get drunk and at the time, you know, and talk about horror movies. And, you know, it was kind of a back and forth over whatever. But, like, man, that would have been cool. I got that close to getting Merle Allen. I 
have one one kind of celebrity story about Gigi Allen. One of the guys I know, he's a drummer, he's a drummer for a couple bands out in Chicago, and kind of just know him from around socially, hung out, seen him at shows and shit. But um, he was playing this band, and um, Gigi Allen came over to this house, to the, the band house, to crash. How'd that go? At crash, he did, right in the middle of the fucking living room on the coffee table. And uh, that party ended right there. Oh, I bet. Everybody just fucking scattered like cockroaches in the dark. Everybody, all the band members were upstairs going, are you going to go down? No, I'm not going down. Are you going down? No, I'm not going down. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, this, no. I, yeah, no, at no point would I want to hang out with Gigi. <laughs> well, because I know that, and I've seen a show, I'm like, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. I will talk shit about it, and I think it's interesting, and I like to freak the normies out with it, but as a, something I'm going to go listen to, it's not on anything. You know, I've heard them. I've heard all of it that I could get because I wanted to experience it. I never have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's real bad. Yeah. And I powered through it because at the time I knew somebody was, that, that was when I'd heard the story and I had told him I'd seen the band and he told me the story. And then I was like, we tried to power through as much as we could. You know, I get like hate listen to shit. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, I wanted to know. And he had all the albums. And I'm like, Phone. but I'm like, okay, I've done it. I get it. Yeah. And, it's aggressively fine. <laughs> but I will play it to freak people out. Uh-huh. And I will tell them Gigi Allen stories to freak them out. But uh, other than that, no. All right. Fair enough. So I think we landed on pro-punk rock. Fuck. Uh, no, that shit. Fuck a bunch of all that. Hey, James. Yes. Hey, where can people find us? They can find us at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page for, for Horror Vomit, and we are taking suggestions because I am slowly running out of topics because my brain is not that good with the thoughts and things with the words coming out of the face. And we can also be... <laughs> uh, you can find us where all... Fine podcaster, sirs, please give us all the stars. And a five-word written review, if you would, on the old Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And that it really does. It's just something that you can do for free to help us out. It's it gets expand, us on the algorithm. Expands the brands. Indeed it does. Because our, our brands need expanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to close this up, though, dude. You know why? Well, you hold the fucking phone. You can find me playing video games at horror underscore vomit underscore Chris on Twitch occasionally when I decide to do it. I don't have a schedule, but uh, if you're lucky enough to catch me when I get a wild hair up me ass, there's that. You can do that. That's the thing that you can do. Indeed you can. And, uh, yeah, we'll figure out a way for people to send us money. Yeah, so the so that we can go get, to film school. so that we can get you that Diablo four and mm. never hear from you again. <laughs> what happened to James? I thought he was by your coast on the podcast. Uh, he got we got him the Diablo. He 4. was he was swept away by the majesty of demon murder. He cleaned out his entire basement. And now that's where he dwells. <laughs> yeah, no, but for real, it smells like old feet and Cheetos down there. It's disgusting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's been pissing in bottles. Bottles? Oh, shit, I could have used bottles? I've just been laying on my back and filtering it through my liver consistently. Isn't that how you're supposed to? Yeah, you just lay on your back. That way you can pee into your own mouth. Yeah, like you do. Yeah, Mm. I mean, it's a perfectly easy source of renewable liquids. It's sterile, and I like the flavor. Yep, (laughs) and with that, we're done. (laughs) 